This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch and with me as always is Matt. And Matt, it's the return of the championship. It is, yeah. yeah. World Cup has kept us um, focused. It's not been as long a break as you'd expect in the summer, but uh, been enjoying the World Cup to be fair. And when you see Antoine out there and mm. Famara, uh, it uh, makes extra special watching for us. It, it does, doesn't it? You know, I celebrated that Famara goal in a pub yeah. in Clifton <laughs> like it was England scoring. Yeah, yeah. and seeing Antoine come on, I'd make no bones, it brings a lunch your throat, doesn't it? So, absolutely yeah. does, absolutely does. And we'll be setting off tomorrow morning to Rotherham, 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning. 7 o'clock I'll get you, mate. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, Wrap up warm, I think, is the message. Wrap up warm, and then hopefully not the 10 minutes of injury time we've been seeing in the World Cup, so okay. we can get away and back That'll to be a nightmare. Emerson Sons Park for the England game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So today's an important day um, for Bristol City. It's not only Alan Walsh's birthday, Bristol City legend, it's 25 years to the day that Scott Murray signed for the club. So we're here at the HPC to record our bonus show that will hopefully accompany people's journey up to Rotherham. Mm. We're joined by a club legend himself, Mr. Brian Tinian, who will be celebrating 30 years since signing in March next year. Um, And first of all, Brian, let's touch on Scott Murray. Uh, 25 years ago today he signed. What were your recollections of that day? Um, he came in, he started playing right back for a bit to be I think he'd, be, he'd been a right back at, um, at Aston Villa. Yeah. So he started playing a lot of his, his games when he first came as a right back, struggled to get in, to be honest. And then um, and gradually become that right winger who was direct and run and running behind people and cause people problems. And um, obviously, I think that move forward from right back to right wing was the, uh, was the making of him, to be honest. Yeah. And um, then he just become a a fantastic player who people found it really hard to deal with and then he had his goals behind it and then his assists as well so fantastic player and um, fantastic person as well I think yeah, that's the uh, that's the key and everybody will say the same I think yeah, yeah. great lad but um, a great player but a great lad as well and and as a player you know you you, you two developed a particularly good relationship mm. um, you basically knew where he was going to be he knew where you were going to be, and the relationship that you developed with him, as m- amongst other players, mm. was fantastic for us as fans to watch develop. Yeah, it just it gradually worked itself out. Really, we used to play. I was like played on the left, but tucked in to allow the left back to go on the overlap. Scotty was more natural as a wide player, so it was like a little bit of an unbalanced midfield. But it helped how I played and. Obviously, Scotty, I knew where he was before I was receiving it. And if Mickey Bell wasn't going on the overlap or Darren Bernard, I, mm. I knew Scotty would be on the other side to get the switch on. So, yeah, we worked it out pretty quick that it was a good weapon. And um, as much as people tried to stop it, it, it become hard for them to stop it because they couldn't keep up with him. Um, <laughs> so I just had to drop it in the right area, really. He used to always say, Scotty, I, I had the easy bit. <laughs> I used to just have to drop it in there and he'd do the rest, which uh, which he yeah. certainly did. But it's fantastic. Again, yeah. former players are as important to us as fans as current players to see people like yourself mm. uh, as academy director and now technical director. Scotty Murray's still here at the club as, as kit man and ambassador. 
building on top of that, Matty Hewlett, Mickey yeah. Bell, yeah, the list goes on. It's, it's, it's fantastic to see. I think it's really important for a football club to um, to have them sort of people around. I brought um, Mickey straight in when I became the academy director. I brought Matty Hewlett straight in as soon as, because I know what they are as people mm. and how much the football club means to them. And I think it's it's really good to have the mixture of of that passion for the club, but also like people who are good at their jobs and not had a connection to the club. But I think you always need, you know, Dean Gherkin I brought back as the, um, course, yeah, as the goalkeeping coach as well, who's been fantastic. So yeah, I think it's really important for any football club to, to have them people around who really care and mm. have, have always had a real association with the clubs and the fans can relate to them as well. Yeah, 100%. Matt, you alluded early on to uh, watching Semenya and Jiju in the in the World Cup. Have you been enjoying the, the World Cup? Yeah, it's been good. I've enjoyed watching it and obviously watching Antoine come on, as Matt said, in, <laughs> the, in is like unbelievable really from yeah. watching him playing for a college like five years ago yeah. and like still looking and thinking and not being sure, to be honest, but we went back and kept watching him and to see him come on the World Cup and nearly score yeah. and look a real threat. Was I think everyone was up in stood yeah. at that moment. Me and Jay jumped off the sofa, yeah. to be honest, and it was like one of them moments where it's so close. But yeah. Yeah. He, he looked sharp and he looked lively and hopefully now he can come back and start firing a few goals in for us. Absolutely. I just wanted to address a tweet that you did back on the 9th of November um, upon being announced as technical director. So lucky and proud of my association with your club. Thanks for the kind messages. It was a really emotive read, that one, Matt. What did you think, reading that? I think it sums, sums Brian up. And, and to be fair, and I know Nigel references it as well, but that's how you see it. You see it as kind of custodians for the position that you're in. But when we see as fans that, that you reference that, it, it means so much to us. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, again, it's just one of those comments that it is our club. It's the fans that make any football club, isn't it? But when you've got players... Directors like like Brian who, who feel that way as well. It's only a good thing for us. Isn't well, and it? the fact that he would have been here thirty years, I think now it's as much your club as it is our yeah. club. <laughs> yeah, um, but we're here. We're here to to make you happy. Really, yeah. I think that's my always my th- thought process. And whatever we do, is can we make the club as good as possible for you, people who mm. turn up every week because yeah. you're travelling to Rotherham tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and there'll be loads of others, and we've got to try and make it where you're proud of what we're producing really for you because that's what it's about it's about getting the right staff as well with with that content because I know and many years ago there were former players that were associated to the club that fans felt it was almost a kind of job for the boys and that doesn't feel like it with the the players you've got because like you say it's people that can do the job it's not just about their connection is it they're working extremely hard you know they're not just here and I, I really that grains on me that yeah. that, that statement of jobs mm. for the boys because yeah. you, you're certainly not doing it for that reason you wouldn't do it if it wasn't right for the club yeah. and there's a lot of ex-players who, who could come in them positions and probably not be the right people yeah. but these people are the right people and they're doing a, they're doing a fantastic job yeah and, and yeah, we're sat here mm. in, at the High Performance Centre and there's some, some staff out there doing some analysis of some sort I mean that sort of stuff is is as interesting, you know, mm. what's going on over there is as interesting as what's going on on the pitch. Well, these are the technical uh, scouting department who, right. since I've took the job and moved here, they've come down from the bottom end to work okay. really closely with myself. So, yeah. Sean Gillespie's the head of the technical uh, scouting. There's five other full-time scouts there yeah. who are out and watching games mm-hmm. all week, Saturdays, and then they're watching other stuff on the uh, 
on the videos yeah. during the week. So really important people work really close with them and we can try and narrow down the best players for Bristol City, mm -hmm. where we are, what we can afford, yeah. and then try and give Nades the best tools to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess part of the role of technical director is to ensure continuity, yeah. um, but with any sort of future head coach, they'll likely want some say in how, how we do things and want to suit maybe a different style of play. Is that something that you've got that adaptability here to, to amend? Well, I, th I think we're setting up a style of play now from our 14s up, right up now, do it. Mm. We're playing in a certain way. So I think it would make sense for future coaches to, to know what we're about. Mm, yeah. And then you get the people in who can do what the club's already doing because you don't want constant change yeah. in styles, in ways of playing. And I think we're, we're getting to a style now, we're getting close to the 18s and 21s having some real good success in playing a certain way, mm -hmm. you know, a high tempo, a high a pressing game where, and I think the, ultimately the fans want to see that as well. Yeah, of course they do. They want to see exciting, they want to see us on the front foot, they want to see us getting after teams and not letting them play. So yeah. I think it's important that whatever happens in the future, and I hope it's not until a long time, no, no. that um, they know what we're about yeah. more than them having to come in and change us. Yeah, you know. exactly. I mean, you, you mentioned on the radio with, with Jeff the other day, the academy philosophy of high intensity front foot, playing it forward, yeah. which as you say is great and excitement uh, for the future. But um, as it's Christmas and Harry Potter was on the TV the other day, they, they teach the dark arts as a class. Where does that come in, in terms of game management, you know, niggly defending, not, I think we've said it before, I've heard it before, that we can sometimes be too nice. Yeah. The dark, who teaches the dark arts? Who, well, we what try. former player are you going to get yeah. into? <laughs> Dave Martin. Dave Martin, I was going to say Dave Martin. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be straight in there. But yeah, but yeah we, try, we try to um, to have the players to understand, you know, that there's, there's times in the games when the, there is a good foul. Mm. There is a time to to trip somebody and take a yellow card because it, it could, part of the game isn't it? it could cost you Cam, a goal. Cam did one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah he did. Break, yeah. They've got to know how important, like not conceding a goal is. Mm. So if it takes a yellow card, if it takes you tripping someone, if it yeah. takes you dragging someone back to mm. to stop a goal that wins you three points, then you have to know how to it's, do it. It's often the, the younger players that, that take that time to develop in the dark arts, you yeah. know, like running it into a corner when you're one yeah. up in the last yeah. minute, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that uh, that I think should be should be alluded to. But I think we do we play a way now that is is more. This is 18s, 21s, 16s, 15s, more relative to how they will play in the football league. Yeah. And then I've had like managers from League Two and League One ring and say, "We watch all your 21s game because you play properly mm. and you play like it's a realistic and it's a proper game." Yeah. And um, and that's going to give the lads the best chance to have careers as well as the ones who are good enough to play in our first team. Mm. So we're we're doing it. I think that, that comes across from you more than anything, Brian, yeah. is that it's, it is about Bristol City, of course it yeah. is, but you've got those lads' interests at heart, yeah. so your intention is always about what can we do for their career. It might not be with us, no. but it's about getting them a career. 100%. It? We had Seiko Jenner and George Nurse last year. Yeah. I've been around the first team and we've had the opportunities in discussions with the manager and everyone else that they're not quite going to be for us. George Nurse goes to Shrewsbury in League One and plays 60-odd games. Yeah. He's got his injury at the minute. Sekou Jenner goes to League One to Cambridge. So we're producing footballers who are going to have a 
career in the game, which is, is as important to us. Yeah. Um, for a number of years, we've had a policy of buying young, polishing, and and selling on. Um, Brownhill, Webster were great success stories in more recent attempts of Han Noah, Nicolaisen, and, and Sammy Smodich. More recently, uh, due in part to market conditions, we've seen Nigel go down the route of tried and tested, tried and trusted sign-ins in Matty James, Andy King, Danny Simpson, closer, Naismith, to accompany the academy youngsters. Will we be sort of more consistent moving forward around that 20 to 24-year-old profile? And is that still one we're focusing on? I think the, the best way of, of saying it really is we will now be recruiting more on the up than people on the down. Mm. I think that's really clear from the very top to myself, to Nige, to the staff. We want to recruit people who are still... What Their goal is to go in the Premier League or go up. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to be recruiting people who are, who are on the way down in their yeah. career. So that's that's a really clear message for everyone, and everybody's really on board with that. Yeah, I guess it's getting that blend as well, isn't it? That it, you want that experience level. For example, you know, Matty James coming into the team and and almost pulling the strings. Yeah, of course you do. But I, I guess it's like like Brian says, you you want. You want the ambition, don't you? You want players who ideally get to the Premier League with Bristol City, but if not, that's their ambition. And, and like you've said with Josh Brownell, Adam Webster, you know, we had our own Lloyd Kelly, different from that point mm-hmm. of view. But you know, you you do need the mix as well. But hopefully, by keeping hold of some of our youngsters, they develop into that experience, yeah, and then you're not having to recruit, aren't you? So Absolutely. yeah. Um, it's, it's a game I want to forget, but the Lincoln game. Um, <laughs> Didn't go any, um, didn't go the way we wanted it to, and raised sort of more questions and answers. And thank goodness we were able to put it right um, in the Watford game before we went into the World Cup break. But presumably that will be looked upon as a character building exercise for players like Dylan Cadji and Joe Lowe. How 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 do you pick those players up from from that game? They trained the next day and they trained really well, and that was a big tick of the box for me. Because you, you you go and watch and you see and you see how they have dealt with that situation. And the only way you can deal, it's like yeah. Alex Scott last year when he got dragged off after 30-odd minutes against yeah. Luton. First thing you go out and watch training the next day he trains mm. and see, if has it affected him? No. Mm. And it didn't affect Dylan and it didn't affect um, Joe Lowe because they've trained and Joe's played in the 21 since. Dylan Cadgy's played in the 21s mm. and they've been fantastic. So... Yeah. You find out the game's not straightforward, the game's not easy, there's going to be ups and downs. Mm. And to have a career for 10, 15 years, if you can't handle <laughs> the ups and downs, you won't have that career for starters. And we have to find out about them. And it didn't work out for them, but there's, there's still big futures ahead. How do you explain a game like that, Brian? Because you, you must have played in games yourself where, yeah. and I, I genuinely don't believe there was a complacency or anything mm. like that, but it just was such a not a performance that we've witnessed this season. Typical it? banana it just, skin. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And, and you, you must have played in those games yeah. yourself. Well, you're looking at the team and you're looking at the front. We had Chris Martin, mm. we had Antoine Semenu, yeah. and we had Andy Weinman playing behind them. Yeah. <laughs> that was our front three last yeah. year, yeah. who everybody was raving absolutely, about because yeah. they'd absolutely torn up the championship. So The WSN. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it was, certainly wasn't picked as a team that was going to take Lincoln lightly. No. Just on the night, it didn't, it didn't quite happen how we wanted, but the preparation was right. Mm. I, was in, I saw the preparation, I saw what they were going through, and they didn't take Lincoln lightly whatsoever. Yeah. It was just one of them games that was... It didn't happen for us. Yeah. Um, the scout makeup, I think we've briefly touched on it already yeah. in this episode, but 
I think you said six full-time scouts and some part-time scouts. Right. Where where do they go? Are they are they geographically located, or is yeah. it do they go abroad as well? Or? Yeah, they, each of them have certain teams in League One and right. League Two in the Championship, and then they'll be allocated uh, teams in Scotland. And then yes, we look at Belgium, we look at France, we look at Portugal, we look at Spain. But I, I must say, I'm more. We want to get the best of the domestic market first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to look in who's out of contract in the championship, yeah. who's the best players in League One and League Two. Mm-hmm. You know, Rob Atkinson was in the National League a year before he had a year in Oxford. Yeah. Is there a Rob Atkinson before he goes to Oxford? Yeah. So we, we will really saturate that domestic part of the scouting first. Mm-hmm. And then if a little gem comes in from abroad that we think's right, I think there's the feeling is I feel is that um, there's a bit of risk in the foreign market. Yeah. They're expensive. Right. And there's always a, a risk to them because how are they going to come mm. and deal settle. with a championship yeah. and settle and, and all the rest. So I'd rather not take too many risks and be really clear on what we're, we're looking at going forward. Not to get political, but has Brexit had any impact on foreign players? Well, it does up to 18 because you can't right. sign them anymore. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So the Premier League clubs are used to go and get the best 14, 15, 16 year olds abroad and mm. that stopped them. Right. That's why they're looking more domestic themselves. Okay. So we've got to be wrapping up our best young ones yeah. earlier, earlier now because all the, um, the top Premier Leagues are looking at ours now. We have a lot of scouts watching our games so mm. we have to be really mindful of that and get the best ones contracted early. Yeah, It's funny because I think the most successful period of recent times obviously with, with Steve Cottrell it felt like Steve went out with the team and got the best players from the league below or in the championship so exactly like you've said there um, and what a difference that made didn't it but it's I guess it's in current climate Brian with with money as it is mm. that becomes even more of a necessity doesn't it yeah. it's picking up these right kind of players yeah, yeah it does and you can get 23 24 25 year olds who are out of contract who've got 200 and odd games on the belt yeah so you're not recruiting players who are, are, are new to the championship or need games to get there. They can have 200 and 250 games. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're well-established players, but they can still go on again. Yeah. And they're the key ones we've got to try and uh, try and find and recruit. And the, the team have got a, a great database of players. And we're just gradually going through it and see what suits what we're looking for and what doesn't. And then mm-hmm. hopefully in January stroke summer, when we can, we'll go and get the best ones to take us forward. And what's the dynamic, Brian, in terms of if, if one of the scouts looking at, I don't know, a League One team yeah. identifies a player, yeah. do they then bring that to the rest of the, the scouting yeah. or to you? Yeah. How do you then... We have constant meetings. Right, okay. And we, we have short lists. We have, a, we have, a, um, we have a, a team shape of our shape with all the best players from League One, League right, Two, okay. Championship in there, who's out of contract. And then we narrow them down to the ones we think are the, um, are the best fit for us. Yeah. And like I'll go and watch a League One game on Saturday who we really think someone fits that bill. Uh, Sean went and watched them last week. I'll go this week. Yeah. And then we'll just, we'll really make it clear who is. And then we'll go to Nigel. And Nigel will sit and say, right, I think this is the one for us. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we get, the, we get the right ones to awesome. take us forward. Yeah, great stuff. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. 
We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Um, mental health in football. We on on the, the the normal bonus show episodes. We start every podcast. How are you out of ten? It's a link back to Talk Club, which we um, which we had on episode one hundred and seventy seven of the regular show. Um, Eamon Benarus has just re ruptured his ACL. I think that's the the correct term. Um, absolutely devastated for him. Yeah. How does how do people like him get looked after mentally? He'll get a lot of support. We have people who um, who talk to the players on a regular basis, mm. especially the ones who have maybe had a long-term injury, maybe finding it difficult, maybe if they've moved here, if they're settling in. So we've got all the support network there to um, to make sure Eamon gets everything he needs to yeah. to come back mentally and fit to, yeah. to continue his career, really, because he's such a talented boy and he looks so good I was really looking was forward to him coming back I yeah. thought it could be a great sort of option to have spark, didn't you, for yeah. the rest of the season yeah. well when he first did it we said right what can you do to make this period of time uh, one that you're going to be better when you come back and he spent a lot of time in the gym he looked strong physically so he come back and he was joining in training we were like wow yeah. he looks fantastic so it's such a blow for him, but Absolutely. I'm sure he'll come back strong. Yeah, and, and also along those lines as well, sort of players that are just stuck in a rut. I mean, we've seen it in Bristol City sides over the year yeah. where we'll go on a losing streak. And it's just, I think sometimes it's just making that switch in the brain to say, you know, get rid of that negative thought. You know, when, <laughs> I can remember when we won that first game and even though Joe Pearson was on the sideline, sort of leant back going, thank God for that. Um when you were playing, I think yeah. we had sort of sports psychologists involved. I think Brian Jones was a name yeah. that rang a bell where you would go in and speak to him before a game and he'd say, what are you worried about? Well, don't worry about that because this, that and the other. Does that still exist in some capacity? I think we've got enough staff. I think we've got 200 staff at the football club. So yeah. coaches are really mentors as well. Right. They do a lot of meetings. They go through the clips. They go through the positive mm. clips. They go through the, the clips they need to improve on. So... Yeah. The, the players are never without somebody to speak to and, and have a conversation and to, mm. to really make sure they're in a good frame of mind. So yeah. we do it, all of us. Okay. All of us. I have, so it's a collective. Yeah, I have players in here, a regular, knocking on the door. What can I do? What do you think I need to do? Is there a... Did I, yeah. And it's a constant, constant conversation. So I, I'd be surprised if there's any player here who thinks I could do with talking with somebody or right. I'm not... I'm not feeling great. I think we keep really on top of that. It's important. That must as well go back to your point about the the players that you've got working here. Yeah. So the likes of Matty, Trev yeah. Chalice, and yeah, players yeah. like that who yeah. have been through it. Yeah, but have been through it. You know, they're able to then use yeah. their own experience. Yeah, on this, exactly. So, yeah. And I think players, young players, do head 
sometimes to the lads who've played the game. Yeah. Because if, if me and Khalifi and Belly and and uh, Trev sit there with us like 2,000 games. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot of experiences. Yeah, of, and it's not always been great. It's not always been easy. It's not always been on the up. You've had tough times where you've had to grind yeah. through it and fight yeah. through it. And we have to, we try to explain to them it's not all easy. No, it's not all easy. Yeah. No, it certainly isn't. And they've got to understand that to be... To be a professional footballer for a 15-year period, you're going to have to be mentally mm. really, really tough. Yeah. <clears throat> Elijah Morrison, how excited should we be about about this this boy that's come through and is now getting a few opportunities? Well, uh, there's more than him. Yeah. And there's a lot more than him mm. and probably a lot more at his age because it's a good age group. Yeah. Elijah's had the opportunity because he caught the eye right. in training. In a 21s game, he came on for half an hour. And uh, everybody was really impressed with him, so he got the opportunity. So yeah, we're excited, but we're also excited about quite a few yeah. at that age and that group. So he's took his opportunity because yeah. he's gone and trained with the first team, and the mm -hmm. and the players are having him, and the staff are having him yeah. for how he performs, how he conducts himself. He's he's a real trains with a real intensity, got a really good left foot, can technically handle the ball, and can run like the wind. Is he predominantly left wing back? Yeah, he's yeah. a left winger left or a winger. left wing back. He can yeah. do both. because so he can attack and defend. Yeah, he runs. He's one of them who you watch and you think he runs forward really quick mm. and then he runs fast, really back yeah. fast as well. Yeah. It's Some of them you've not... It's a like, brain, isn't it? Them wingers, like, you're thinking <laughs> sometimes they want to run forward but they don't want to run back. Yeah. He runs back mm. as, as quick as he runs forward, which is a real bonus. Great. We're going to go through some more players. Riley Tyler seems to be having a very successful loan spell at Wimbledon. Is he making the progress you expected? And I think, did I see he's staying on at Wimbledon? I can't remember. Well, uh, Nigel Pearson alluded yesterday that he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not, um, if he's played 20 odd games and he's going to play another 25, mm. if we're not, we're not going to bring him back to play in our 21s. No. Because we want. He's getting that. Yeah, we want Jamie Knight LaBelle and Raf Farahoy yeah. and Josh Campbell Slew at 16, 17 playing in that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's doing well. The mm -hmm. feedback's really good. I watch all his clips, go and watch him. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, he's doing what we expect him to do. Yeah. The, the key for him is when he comes back, can he really cement himself mm -hmm. close to our team? Because he needs to now at yeah. the age he is, so yeah. we'll yeah. we'll test that when he comes back. And again, as a, a local boy, you know, particularly for us in Mangotsfield, yeah. I mean, I, I like going online and seeing the Wimbledon fans talk about him, mm. and you don't see I a do negative know. comment yeah. about him. You know, it's all really positive and what a class player he is. So yeah, yeah, and it's the person as well. Yeah, and it's a lovely. Language. And it's really important, and we we really pride ourselves on that as well about the people and about the sort of people we recruit and yeah. bring through we don't we don't have time any time for anybody who's not a good person and wants to work and wants to listen and wants to train hard yeah. it's definitely something that comes across isn't it yeah 100% yeah we always yeah. go back to to people on listening to this podcast probably get fed up of us banging on about Tommy Conway yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he came on and how personable he is um, as an example yeah. uh, is a great role model for players coming through. Well, if you speak to Alex Scott or you have a conversation with Max O'Leary or mm. Zach Viner or yeah. Cam Pring yeah. or Antoine Semenya, they're good people. Exactly. And yeah. that's what we're trying to create. As well as top players, mm. we want them to be humble. Mm. We want them to be good people. Um, can you clear this up? So, under 21s, 
under 23s i've heard both sort of mentioned so that's question one yeah and then the other one is what are the rules around players going off on loan somewhere but then we still sometimes see their name on the team sheet yeah. in a under 21s yeah. 23s game so, it's a 21s now right okay. they changed it back they changed it to 23s so it's getting confusing. <laughs> yeah no, i keep calling it 23s and it's a 21 right okay so it is officially an under 21 league now. right They've they've brought it back from the twenty threes. Um, what does that does that make a difference? Well, we normally play them as under nineteen and under seventeens anyway. Right. That's what we plan for our for our two teams, which are eighteens and twenty ones. We play nineteen seventeens. Yeah. Or we try to, but there's going to be a belly plays in there twenty. There's going to be. Yeah. Weird. Is there a, is there a rule that you can have like three players yeah. over the age of yeah. something? I think so. If you want to put four at a time with a goalkeeper. Right. Uh, okay. So if you wanted your squad players to, yeah. to get a game. Yes. Or, because exactly. so, Tim Closer played one game for us and, right. and if Kane Wilson played and we had mm. a few because they needed games well so Naki Wells was playing Naki last year played last well, so yeah and, and because the lads have got like James Taylor played last week who was on loan at Cheltenham if he gets to a point where he's not playing as many games as we want him to play right. and they haven't got an under 21 team yeah we can bring them back and play. So is that part of the agreement? The agreement, yeah. Because he scored, so, didn't he, James? Yeah, he yeah. scored last yeah. week. So he came and played another game for us to keep him mm. fit enough if he's required for them. Yeah. Is there something that you can put the success of the academy down to? Whether it's one single thing, a collection of things that have happened over the past few years to get us to where we are now, where we're producing players that are getting into the first team yeah. and being successful? Hard work. I think that is the... The biggest thing is that every member of staff works so hard mm. and probably beyond what they need to do. And I think if you've got a collective like that, and I think the, the key is the players as well, they feel that you've got their best interests at heart and you know you're going to do everything mm. to get them the opportunity. And I think because you can see that pathway now and you can see the success and they can see people getting the opportunity it really drives them on because they know that we're there for them and we'll do everything we possibly can. If they give their bit, mm. we'll give them the opportunity. I think it's a, that visible pathway that you've <clears> alluded to before as well. And do you think now we'll attract um, more top youngsters over, say, Cat A academies because you can show them that pathway and yeah. players get in game time? Well, it's also the, uh, the facility. Mm. So we've got the pathway and we've also got one of the best facilities yeah. outside the Premier League. So both of them, we brought, me and Matty took um, Brandon back, a young boy, 16, that we took from Western. Mm -hmm. And we brought him and his brother around this training ground and we showed him around the dressing room. And we went round and looked at the stickers because they've got the names on mm. every peg. And it was like Academy, Academy, Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And there was like 13 mm. who were in there and he was like, and his brother was like jaw dropped and yeah. and he signed the next day. So that is what we've got. We've got the facility, we've got the um, the opportunity, mm. which is massive. And conversely, what are the biggest <coughs> challenges that you face? What you, you said on the radio the other night that sometimes you, you, you can't sleep at night. Yeah. So I sent you a few podcasts. Yeah, to yeah, I did. I um, <laughs> but uh, is there sort of one thing that if you could wave a, a, a magic wand and fix... That about either at the academy process or, mm. or the situation here is there some is there something well I used to be obsessed with getting the academy right so I'm, I'm happy mm. I'm really really happy with that is now and, and I said to my miss the other day I said the, the thing is now I'm obsessed with getting the first team <laughs> right now so yeah. it's just a case of 
it's the obsession to keep it mm. getting better and better and better. So there's, yeah. it never stops. And I keep saying, and I said it a lot of people, if it stops one day and I get up and it's not there, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. walk away from it. Mm. But it's now I've got the academy in a brilliant place. Yeah. Not me, but us as a collective yeah. and a hardworking group who I know whatever happens, I know they're doing the job well. I don't have to be watching it. I don't have to be on top of it. Yeah, I know yeah. uh, now I want to get this bit right now because mm. I think this will be the, the next bit to get us where yeah. we really want to be. And I think I think we're really, really close mm. to it's, being a really, really It's, it's interesting because, again, you said that on Jeff and, and yeah. I, I can see <clears> that the building blocks, but I, I guess fundamentally, Brian, it's... We're 18th in the league, yeah. sitting two or three points off of potential relegation trouble. Yeah. Fans might look at that and go, "How how are we so close when it doesn't yeah. feel like that?" So, well, what is it that makes you feel well, seven points off the playoffs? Yeah, so we're we're two wins probably from where we should be. Yeah. And if you look back at the games this season, the Sheffield United game where yeah. we were better than them, Norwich, the Watford yeah. game were better than them, the Norwich, Norwich game, away, yeah. the Blackpool game where we're winning three two with a minute to go. Yeah. So you can really so get them close, points yeah. really close. Yeah. And and you Fine should be. I, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, we're three points off or two points off the bottom. But I think a fair position for us would be like two points off the playoffs. Yeah. So that's how close it is. Yeah. And and when you hear every day and you see the work and you see what we're doing, I think I can see it being probably closer than the fans count yeah. at the minute which I totally understand because yeah, yeah. I do look back down the bottom nervously as well yeah. like everybody else Yeah, but I do see the positives see I do positive. see I do see us going where everybody wants us to go Yeah, yeah. and as, as fans all you want to see is that level of effort on the pitch and that endeavour and, and we saw that in the Watford game we didn't, we didn't win I mean again I, I say Norwich I, I drove away from Norwich and got home at what stupid o'clock but not disappointed right. because you'd seen a team outplay a Premier League team from last season yeah. and the same Sheffield United the same Watford yeah. and Swansea so, we should have beat yeah absolutely so the last yeah. three home games before the break yeah. we should have beat Swansea mm. yeah. we were better than Sheffield United and better than Watford yeah. Yeah. and they're all sitting in the top yeah. part of the division so that should give us real hope yeah of course and I think that I think we're close. I really honestly do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the academy's performing very well, as we've said. We've got players covering virtually every position. So is that now a closed shop, or are we constantly scanning for new new talent? You're always looking. Yeah. You're always looking. You never you never say you've got enough, because then mm. you wouldn't find an Alex Scott. Yeah. yeah. Or you wouldn't find an Antoine Semenya at 17. So they've been really successful coming in at 16, 17. Campring came in at 17. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking. We're always looking. But we're always mindful of what we've got as well. But if a, if a gem comes along, yeah. you're saying the gem. Yeah, absolutely. Last time we were in your office with you, you gave us an exclusive on Tim Apsian and Ben Macy. First, how are they progressing? I know there's an injury there. Yeah. Um, and any more exclusives today, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Apsian was flying and unfortunately he's, uh, he did his ACL as well. So it was a real blow for him because he'd, he'd had a brilliant start. Mm. He, was, he scored a hat-trick against Hull. And he was, he was a real handful, really good player, yeah. outstanding. So it's a shame for him, but he'll come again. The first thing he did when he did his knee was he had a two-year scholarship. We give him another pro. Right. We give him a year, mm. an extra year to say, you've shown enough. And Just we, to, we get, his head to right. get his head yeah, right. Yeah. And Ben Acey's another one who's come in um, from Guernsey. 
took a little bit of time to settle and get in the 21s team mm. but he was excellent at Crystal Palace the other day when beating 5-2 probably the best player nice. so again his was a year contract but he's earned the right to be here another year so we've done that and I hear Alex Scott's down. looking after him yeah yeah they're all friends it's not a big yeah. place Guernsey's no, so. no exactly yeah <laughs> so they all know each other and, and Ben and Tim have always got Scotty to, yeah. to fall back on and have the conversations with but mm. we're, we're really excited about them both and, and Scotty yeah, who's absolutely. doing rather well yeah he is yeah, what a player what a player <laughs> but yes. and it's yeah I mean I guess January coming up as, as fans you know that that's where you look and think we got through the uh, summer transfer window unscathed yeah, yeah. well we've, yeah. we talked about it then we said that was the, the biggest signing we made in the summer was not losing yeah. any of those yeah. but we also were realistic to know you've got to trade but the thought of being able to keep Scotty Antoine mm. Tommy yeah. you know is, is, is what you want in it because that's well, what you want to build. You want to build a team with them, don't of course you? you do. Of course exactly. you do. But then you can't. At some point, you can't stop them playing no, in no, the Premier the League as level. well. Yeah. But if you, if they go to the Premier League, you want them to go to a Premier League team that's and play top. Yes, and then yeah, and play. Yeah, you don't want them to go to a Premier League team that get relegated next year, and you're playing against them in the Championship. Yeah. you know, it happened a little bit with Bobby and Joe, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. When they go to Fulham for a year, they're back in the Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, want, yeah, yeah. With, with the lads at Cardiff. So we want to. Sell to the and we understand as well as fans that it's it's a short career yeah. as a footballer and you have to go and earn as much money yeah. as you can to secure yeah. your future. I mean, we, we were slightly different when we to take on um, Bobby, for example, going to Cardiff. He was going to Cardiff and playing in the Premier League, so mm. I, I had no issue with it, the fact yeah. it was Cardiff. If that had been the Rovers in the Premier League, I know. But again, I, I wouldn't have an issue because it's, a, it's yeah. about that, but it is... You, you do want to see them doing it yeah. with us because oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's the yeah. goal, isn't it? Yeah. And I think uh, Scotty's contracted for the yeah. next two mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Tommy's got two, three years left. Yeah. So yeah, we've absolutely. got an optional Antoine, so he's got potentially 18 do you, months. Do you get involved in those contract discussions? Or, or So obviously we've got a lot of players out of contract in the yeah. summer. Yeah. I know Nigel alluded to it yesterday, but I guess you're part of those conversations yeah. around... Yeah, we see them being yeah. part of the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's very much a lot, a lot of them conversations are going on right now. Yeah. 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 It's important that we, um, we we keep the ones that we want to keep. Yeah, obviously, exactly. And, and, and keep a squad that's, yeah. that's good and together, then add a bit of quality to it. You don't want to be, I wouldn't have thought, chopping and changing no. too many every year. You know, there's 10 or 11 last year, there's 9 or 10 this year. Yeah. Can we get a continuity? Can we get a settled squad where you just add in one or two bits of quality to what you've already got, which is, should be and quality. In terms of first team squad size, yeah. you know, it's probably at the right sort of number now, I guess, yeah. for, for, for Nigel. Well, we normally have two two players for each position. Yeah. And then you've got your academy ones who you think might have a, a chance of getting yeah. into that squad underneath that. So, so what's that, 22 plus a, a few extra? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. you've got the ones, your best academy ones, who you think could fit into that mm. squad. Yeah. in the future like your caddies on the edge mm-hmm. of it and people yeah. like that so okay yeah, just rattle through a few more players Sam Pearson went down to Yeovil um, I think he played really well for them and mm-hmm. listening to Radio Bristol on the way home yeah. they're often ranting and raving about yeah. him he's back with us now yeah he's in our 21s he scored two the other day against uh, Palace and was probably our best yeah. our best player but the age he is he should be yeah. I think it's probably he needs to play in the league now mm-hmm. so in January I thought process would probably to get him playing football league yeah. in, in January yeah. yeah and what's his 
best position? He's a he? wide right. He's a wing okay. back or a, an attacking wide right. Okay. He's direct. He's quick. Mm. He can score. Yeah. So he's 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 in a really good place. So we could have Pearson on one side and Morrison on the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, not really good lads. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've been lucky to meet Sam a few times. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good yeah. as gold. Yeah. They're, good, they're good lads. They want to they want to progress. They want to mm. go as far as they can in the game, and they'll do anything that you yeah. ask of them. Really, yeah. there's never a yeah. never an issue. I like the frame of Seb Palmer Holden. Yeah, you know, big lad. Um, seems seems powerful. Yeah. What uh, what's what's the situation with Seb? Do you think he can be in and around, or is he? He's coming along nicely. The first team staff like him. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Austria in the summer for pre-season and trained with them. Went and had a little spell at uh, Chippenham. Played some games in the in the National League South and, and enjoyed it. And came back, I think, better mm-hmm. for playing in the, against physical, tough defenders. Him and Sam Bell, when they play up together in the 21s, are a real handful because mm-hmm. they both can run yeah. and they're really athletic and they can both score. So mm-hmm. we're really pleased with Sam. Yeah. Really pleased. He's, we'll give him another year now as well. So he's got this year and another year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he comes up, he trains with the first team. He, so yeah, really pleased with him. Yeah. And Sam Bell, you mentioned there as well. I mean, he's had some opportunities over the past couple of seasons. Yeah. We had him in the sort of the same bracket as Tommy Conway yeah. Tommy Conway's had some opportunities and, and taken them yeah. and has, has moved forward and he's forged now a relationship with Naki Wells yeah. we were in your office earlier this season you said it will be Conway and Bell at some point in the future is that still in your they yeah. play really well together they've come through since 12 yeah, 13 playing the same team and yeah. as I've said before the, we've always rated them pretty much the same yeah. it was like who's going to get the opportunity first who's going to go in and for the last 18 months it's been like belly's ahead of Tommy Tommy's ahead of belly <laughs> belly's ahead of Tommy so it's always been that way and I think Sam will come good mm-hmm. I think Sam will, will be a player for us I really do I think he's got the qualities he can run his movement's really good he can finish mm-hmm. and um, I can see mm-hmm. Tommy and belly playing as a partnership yeah. at some point Excellent. and he's he will get his opportunity, I think. Good stuff. Um, we heard, I think, this morning or last night about Duncan Idhan coming yeah, back yeah. Um, from Carlisle. Yeah. Uh, so is is that because he wasn't getting the game time yeah. that you wanted? Yeah. he's. Um, I spoke to Paul Simpson at length yesterday and then I spoke to Duncan when he came in. Um, their left centre-backs played really well and he's there, one of their mainstays of the team. It's just one of them loans that mm-hmm. hasn't quite worked yeah. him and Riley went out together mm-hmm. and you couldn't have said then who's going to get more game time who's going to have the success it's just how it works in certain loans yeah. he's learned a lot yeah. he's learned about being with the first team squad and having the fight to try and get in didn't quite work he's back with us he's training well he'll play against Newcastle on Monday in the Premier League Cup and let's get him get him going again yeah. just one of them things it happens absolutely well um, honestly Brian it's always a pleasure to come in and have a have a chat to you and 30 years coming up in March wow. <laughs> dear me I don't know whether that's good or bad and, well don't know where it's gone but ha- more than half of your life has been yeah. uh, uh, you know since you've been involved with with Bristol City and yeah I guess like we've just said about Scotty the 25 years it's a it's a big thank you really for yeah. for all that you've done for us and for 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 the club and uh, long may it continue in your new role well the only thing I haven't seen in 30 years is just in the Premier League yeah so that is the real drive for me now yeah. that is what I want to see yeah. and I want to see it as soon as possible no, absolutely brilliant thank you that's
Well, I bought you uh, and Matt uh, a little Christmas present oh, here. So, uh, yeah, get it open. Get it open. I'll, uh, I'll just say a big thank you to our sponsors, um, Hubu, who are the shirt sponsors. And you can get this open. It's a fall on the side there. That's thank you your, very much. Like all your hot drinks. <laughs> Nobody else will touch All your hot drinks needs. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much, thank everyone, you. for listening. We'll be back probably tomorrow as you're listening to this. Uh, with our review of the Rotherham game. But for now, Brian, thank you so much. Thank you. Matt. Thank you, yeah. And uh, we'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. I've been riding low. I've been riding fast. Gonna take this moment. I'm gonna make it last. Because you don't know me. Don't be quick to judge. To tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn rules Don't come around here yeah. I ain't your Regret it if you stay in this town. I'm no savior, I will take you down. This here town, you know it ain't that big. It don't take long to know just what I did. Don't come around here preaching. Watching that little town slowly disappear